calculations and research show that about 8 to 10 percent of uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, are coming from food we waste. So it's a big challenge with a lot of impact, um, which we want to address. Uh, and our, the solution um, that, we, uh, that we have, what we're most known for, is our Marketplace app. Hello everyone and welcome on this new episode of the House of Marketing's podcast. My name is Jean-Marc. And I'm Eva. And today we meet you for the fourth episode of our e-commerce podcast series. And we're not alone. We have Stephanie Tang joining us today. So hello, Stephanie. Hi, Eva. Hi, Jean-Marc. So Stephanie, as you told us in a previous episode already, you're a senior consultant here at the House of Marketing and you worked on this year's edition of the e-commerce barometer, right? Yes, so indeed, I'm part of the e-commerce barometer team together with Julie and Luca. And, um, you know, just like every year since five years already, we are publishing a report to get together with Safe Shops. Um, that report reveals the performance of online merchants based in Belgium. And we do this through data we collect from payment service providers. And this year, we wanted to do something new. We have introduced this podcast series where we invite successful Belgian e-commerce leaders to share a little bit, um, you know, their insights, the opportunities and threats that are coming from um, the COVID crisis, for example. Nice. And so in every episode, you share with us a conversation you had with one company about their specific e-commerce situation. And we already heard about Skazidomi, um, Chef Basket, Overstock. Who are we meeting today? A company that you love, Eva. Too good to go, right? Yes, I love Too Good To Go. I think it's a very great way to eliminate waste. Um, I do it myself at home. Uh, I eliminate waste by um, yeah, showering with like these shampoos that you don't have plastic around. But I also do Too Good To Go. Um, I love that you can get so much good food through this app that normally they would throw away. So that's like in my mind, it's just a mind blow that they would throw it away because this food is amazing. I love it. Use it every day. Mm -hmm, nice. These guys will be happy. I'm a very good client, yes. <laughs> All right, let's go. Welcome, Franco and Kenny. Uh, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having us, Stephanie. Can you tell us who you are and what Too Good To Go is? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Franco. I'm the country manager of, uh, of Too Good To Go Belgium. And I'm Kenny. I'm the head of marketing of Too Good To Go Belgium, and I'm responsible for everything related uh, communication towards B2C and B2B. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, before diving in, uh, what to go to go is and uh, what we do, um, maybe it's uh, it's good to address a bit of the context and the the challenge, the problem we're trying to solve, and that's the problem of food waste. So nowadays, one third of all food in the world produced gets wasted, ends up in the bin, and that's uh, quite of an embarrassing problem, let's say, which has a, a lot of impact, and um, it has impact on on multiple levels, and roughly said. Um, it has an impact on a social level, of course, because more people are hungry, go hungry to bed in the world than food we waste. So that's really embarrassing. It also, of course, has an economical context and problem and impact. Um, and that is that all that food that gets wasted costs a lot of money, of course. And then the last one, very important one, is the ecological impact, the impact on our climate. And um, calculations and research show that 
about 8 to 10% of uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, are coming from food we waste. So it's a big challenge with a lot of impact, um, which we want to address. Uh, and our, the solution um, that, we, uh, that we have, what we're most known for, is our marketplace app. So we're a um, social impact company that also has an app, uh, which really connects uh, consumers and food services, food producers, food entrepreneurs um, to, to fight food waste together. And uh, yeah, at Ad House Marketing, we know Too Good To Go very well because uh, myself, two years ago, I worked on a, on the, on a case. Um, but for our listeners, can you tell us since when uh, the company exists and how it has started? I can dive in, into that topic a little bit. So uh, Too Good To Go was created um, in Denmark in 2016, um, where they actually laid a foundation to let's say, conquer Europe, um, which we're doing now. Um, and so approximately three years ago, so March 2018, uh, Jonas Malisse uh, brought the concept uh, to Belgium. Um, and he heard about the concept during his uh, world travels at that time. He started talking to some um, Danish people um, who were telling him about to go to go and how, how awesome it was. Um, yeah, and he started sending emails to the to the company, and eventually he got the green light. And uh, a few months later, we were live in Belgium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed, and and you've been growing fast um, ever since. How many partners now do you have, um, and in how many industries are they active in? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're, we're quite proud of what we achieved on, on three years of hard work. Um, and um, at, at this time, we have about 4,000 partners uh, in Belgium. Uh, and they're really active in a wide range, range of, of segments. So supermarkets, bakeries, butchers, uh, sushi, also restaurants, of course. Um, and as our product evolves, we're also tackling more segments of the value chain of food. So now we focus on retail and food services. But of course, uh, if you look at the chain, we also focus more and more on the manufacturers, the B2B food services, uh, mm -hmm. etc. Yeah. Okay. And um, of, of course, a question that I have to ask you, uh, since COVID-19 is still dominating our lives and, and the way we're doing business, um, has it impacted the way you're doing business? So what were the um, opportunities and, and threats? Yeah, yeah, that was quite something, of course. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh, last year in March... Um, when this all happened uh, and definitely today for sitting here right now we could never I guess imagined what's the impact and the repercussions would be in in our lives in our daily lives but also of course on our jobs and what we do um, so there were a lot of things that happened um, and and also a lot of opportunities that opened um, one of the things that I briefly mentioned before already is um, because of the heavy impact on, on, on hospitality services, mm -hmm. uh, restaurants, etc., they had to close down, lockdown all of a sudden. Um, actually, the providers and, and uh, the, the companies who deliver food to those restaurants, mm -hmm. they also came, uh, came with new problems uh, where they had food waste, where they could normally just deliver the food um, and now not anymore. So that's when an opportunity arose, for example, that they came knocking on our door uh, to help out with mm -hmm. their food waste as well. Yeah.
And on the side of the consumers, uh, we actually also saw a little bit of a, of a change in behavior. Their regular stores, their regular uh, too-good-to-go package wasn't available, of mm -hmm. course. Um, but uh, people who used too-good-to-go are very enthusiastic. So we saw them trying out new stuff in their neighborhood as well. Um, and yeah, like really discovering the variety that we have on our app, let's say. Mm -hmm. But of course, there were some, some challenges as well. Because when when uh, this whole situation kicked in, there was a lot of uncertainty and un unpredictability. Also within those food services, uh, a lot of regulations all of a sudden. So um, that also has an impact, had an impact on our operations and our growth. Uh, but the cool thing we saw is as time evolves, people are very inventive and and solution oriented. Let's say so. A lot of food services, they, um, they reinvented themselves, they, they switched to takeaway, they, they tried different things, um, which also brought um, a little bit of food waste with mm -hmm. it uh, to be open, where we can be like the solution again to prevent or to uh, put that food waste back into circulation. Um, and really close like the full loop for them as well mm -hmm. to have no losses, uh, definitely in these times, yeah. And um, COVID aside, uh, customer experience is key in e-commerce, right? How, how do you maintain a positive customer experience throughout the whole journey, especially for you um, where you don't own the last mile, right? Because people are going to pick up their food um, at your partners and you don't have an impact on, on the way they are um, providing services to, to your users. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a good question, and this is also something very close to my heart. Um, I think we can say it to good to go. We really focus on a very positive experience for both groups on our marketplace, so both the partners as our, our, our users. Um, and we have also dedicated teams uh, on this. So um, we try to be as close as possible uh, to both our partners to help them out with their operations and our app, uh, but also with the users and the user experience uh, altogether. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's important for us as well is our win-win-win mantra uh, because we want to have a positive experience for the consumers, but also for our partners and actually also uh, for the planet. Um, so how does this um, little mantra work? It's our um, consumers, they fight food waste by buying products at a reduced price. Um, our partners, they um, get rid of their food waste or most of their food waste, let's say. They meet new clients uh, and they get money for something that they used to just throw away. And in the end, like uh, Franco already expressed, um, there is a, there is a, a big downside on um, the whole food waste issue for the, for the planet. Um, and that's what we're solving as well at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as we're growing, is of, of course a balance that you need to find between you want to have a scalable approach, uh, but you also want to be uh, very personalized and, and, and close to, to both your partners and your consumers. Um, so we also use, um, like we have an internal rating system mm -hmm. where, as with any app, of course, where you can rate your experience. And based on that data, we can really targeted help partners with user feedback or the other way around. Mm -hmm. So that's also very important. That gives us um, enough space and time to uh, be very um, uh, direct, but also very um, efficient. 
which allows us to give to have more time to also be very personal at the same time. So it's really that balance that we're looking for, looking for as we constantly uh, grow. Yeah. So you talked about the rating system. Um, are there other KPIs that you are uh, following to measure the business performance? Yeah, definitely. There are a few uh, KPIs that that really are the focus for us um, and that's a customer acquisition so basically we have a look at our registered users on a daily basis like how many people want to try out our store let's mm -hmm. say um, it's because we want to um, there's no point in adding a lot of partners if you don't have a lot of consumers who can buy with those partners mm -hmm. and because we're um, active in in the whole of the country um, It's important to have your um, daily intake uh, or your monthly intake even of uh, new registered users, people that, that want to try out to good to go in their neighborhood. Um, another one is uh, this, what we call uh, the safe ratio. So it's the balance between the meals provided on our system and the meals saved uh, as well. Because of course, the more meals we save, Uh, the better we do in terms of impact on, on uh, the planet. Um, another one is active consumers because um, you, can let a consu you can let a user register themselves, but they need to use to go, mm -hmm. to go and they, they need to visit, they need to enter, enter your store as well. Um, and that's what we measure with the active consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's people opening the app and scrolling around and seeing what's... Um, on offer is the wrong word, but what's available that day to save. Um, and something to keep in check as well when your whole model is based on adding a lot of uh, consumers is of course the cost per install uh, that you need to take into account as well um, to get a little bit of an idea on what the expense will be <laughs> that month or to do a little bit of a forecast. And uh, of course, we're also looking at, uh, at the inbound leads. Um, we're not only having salespeople on the road um, or business developers or how you, however you want to call them, uh, but we also do a lot of uh, acquisition through um, our website of partners that are interested in uh, Too Good To Go and want to join our food waste revolution. Uh, so, Kenny, you talked about uh, registered users and active users. Uh, this is something very important for you to follow. Um, do you have some tips and tricks to boost conversion? Because it's about that, right? Yeah, it's, there are actually two conversions. Eh? You need to register your user. You need to activate them. So you need to lure them in, into your store. Mm -hmm. And then they need to uh, buy something as well. Um, what we do is... Um, trying to keep the interest in Too Good To Go very high. And that, that we that's something that we do through marketing campaigns and trying, our marketing campaigns are a lot, a lot of the times are very focused on getting some PR attention. So we try to do the, the crazy and the fun stuff, let's mm -hmm. say, that, that journalists are interested in writing it. So people get a reminder like, oh yeah, Too Good To Go is there. I'll, I'll check the app. Um, on a more practical level, we have our CRM uh, campaigns. So that consists out of uh, push notifications um, on, on your cell phone. It's about uh, emails that we do towards the clients. It's our monthly newsletter, but as well, like recently, uh, Franco already mentioned it, um, we have a lot of manufacturers um, showing interest in collaborating with Too Good To Go. Um, but there is a little um, hiccup with manufacturers is that they're 
located on not that convenient places. Mm -hmm. um, so what we try to do there is really um, have a very targeted push and um, EDM, it's uh, an electronic direct mailing, so, uh, so a mail, uh, talking about, hey, uh, do you know this partner? He's offering a lot of chocolate because uh, the regular channels of, of sales uh, are down um, and these chocolates are going to expire. So that's how we try to um, yeah, have the conversion going uh, on the app. Okay, and then you talked about uh, crazy PR campaigns. Can yeah. you share one example? Oh, uh, I can share multiple examples. Uh, I the craziest. I think the, the, well, the most recent one, okay, no, the craziest. Uh, I think it was our SOS Patat campaign. Yeah, that, that was um, So during lockdown, um, the manufa manufacturers or farmers of... Um, of potatoes in Belgium um, were confronted with the fact that um, so a lot of the potatoes that are um, harvested or grown in in Belgium they're meant to be uh, frozen potato products um, so they distribute those uh, frozen potato products to uh, canteens horeca all these kind of stuff and of course a lot of exports to to restaurants but that was all down in the whole of Europe. So we were confronted with, help me uh, remind yeah. the exact number, Franco, 300,000 yeah. tons, tons of, of potatoes. So we were like, okay, too good to go. We have this ambition on, on being the, the active uh, voice in food waste. So we were like, we need to do something here. We need to help save those potatoes. Um, so we, we decided to collaborate um, with a lot of retailers, with all of the in-between federations and organizations that, that link farmers with um, uh, producers uh, and stuff. And so we, we rolled out a, a quite big, cam big campaign that we constructed in three weeks or something. Yeah. Um, Online, but also in in the retailer in the retail space uh, where they, where people knew like okay our um, our precious Belgian potato is in <laughs> danger uh, of going to waste, um, and just to 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 show how crazy it was, I think we had eighty five PR hits uh, wow. for for a country as Belgium. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is also a really cool example, actually, of um, of where we also dare to go outside of the the marketplace. App. Yeah, indeed. And that's also a big focus of, of us, um, and we call it our movement against food waste, raising awareness on this issue and also taking action. And if we're honest, SOS Patat was really a, a campaign out of ideal ideology, and not really. Um, it has nothing to do with our marketplace app mm -hmm. because our app was is not suited for farmers to sell potatoes, not at all. Uh, so we, we joined forces with all those players in the potato sector to raise awareness around this issue and to also help consumers buy now buy more french fries or croquettes or whatever and stock it in their freezers to help now with this problem. So I think that was also a beautiful example how we... Uh, also dare to go outside the marketplace and mm -hmm. focus on the movements. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I've, I've noticed that most of your messages are non-commercial, right? I think it's a way for your brand to stay authentic because your objective is really to fight um, food waste. Um, is this um, also reflected in your engagement and loyalty strategy? I think so. Um, yeah, we hardly talk about... Um, 
a, yeah, we, we, we say a lot, go save a meal, which you, you could perceive as a commercial uh, C, um, call to action, CTA, was the word I was, uh, I was looking for. Um, but the most important thing I feel, or what we do is really like, um, inspire uh, our users and empower them. And empowering is definitely through the app, but inspiring is also um, telling people like, hey, did you know that you can use the, the, the top of your strawberry, for example, or that uh -huh. you can use the, uh, what is the right English word here, the stem is of, of your broccoli, uh, that you can actually just eat it while a lot of people throw it away. And so we try to, to navigate in, hey, we have a very interesting thing going on in your neighborhood. Uh, a chocolate producer, let's say, and he's in need of waste warriors who come and save his chocolate. Uh, but at the same time, we want to inspire people to, yeah, just think outside of the box when they're cooking and also um, inform them about what's going on in the world uh, because of food waste. Like, um, I think the best example which appeared this morning on in on on our Slack uh, channel of uh, Philip, our, our movement coordinator, is that um, the whole COVID-19 situation, for example, um, we need more and more land to, to produce all of the food that we need because we have a growing population. But that also means that, that people and, and animals that carry a lot of diseases, of course, um, get closer to each other, which is not a natural state of, of being. Um, and, and a lot of problems occur there, like like COVID-19 is, is one of those examples that, that come out of this issue. Mm -hmm. So for your SOS uh, Patat campaign, how were you able to measure the impact of it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and we, we, we really looked for how to measure this very tangible, tangibly. Um, and um, you have an organization in Belgium, Vlam, uh, it's mm -hmm. called, and they actually measure um, how much products get sold in cer certain periods. And we saw that in the month we launched the campaign and in the weeks after, that actually the, the sales of uh, potato products, potato-related products, uh, frozen uh, products, uh, actually rose with 10% compared with the month before and the month after. So this way we conclude that we had the impact over there to, to boost those sales actually okay. during that period. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I think to keep in mind as well is that we knew from the beginning that saving 300 tons of potatoes was quite impossible. Uh -huh. uh, but I think uh, the biggest thing that, that we got out of this is the fact um, that we helped raise awareness about what was going on. And that, is, that it's not just about, okay, everybody needs to stay home and the restaurants are closed. There are a lot of consequences to that um, as well um, and we were in contact with with um, Bell Potato which is like the biggest federation of um, of potato farmers and producers um, and they actually thanked us about the fact like thank you for doing this and helping us raising the awareness on on how this whole business is organized and when one thing uh, goes wrong, the whole the whole chain f behind it is is impacted as well. Interesting. So you have very ambitious uh, projects, and I was wondering how Too Good to Go in in Belgium um, is organized. First, like how big is the organization? Yeah, well, it's um, uh, at the moment we are with a little bit less than forty. I, I think. Uh, 
counting everyone, let's mm -hmm. say 35, 36. Um, and of course, over time you specialize and you have different teams. Um, we have a PNC team, uh, people and culture team, um, are really uh, focused on well-being of, of our people, uh, but also to keep our culture in check. We, mm -hmm. have a, we have a culture that's very much linked to our mission as well. Um, so to, to keep that in check and alive, super relevant in these times, in these remote times, yeah. of course. Mm -hmm. um, we have um, a success department. We, we briefly touched it already. So um, it's the team that's responsible actually for the partner and the user experience. We have our sales team um, who uh, are constantly looking for partners to help fight food waste mm -hmm. and uh, save th those delicious meals. And then, of course, we have the marketing department where Kenny is, uh, is uh, leading. And because we're at the head of marketing, um, because we're at the house of marketing, uh -huh. and because we're at the house of marketing, I presume that you want to go a little bit deeper yes. in uh, the marketing department. So um, each country has its own own marketing department, and they're all built up a little bit in, in the same way. Um, you've got a head of marketing who leads um, the pack. Uh, you've got a PR specialist, because like I mentioned as well with, with SOS Patat um, and, and um, on, on how we use the PR to get the, to get a conversion. Um, this is really a big pillar. Uh, so we've got PR, we've got a B2B marketeer, we've got uh, a movement coordinator who is part of the uh, marketing team and who takes care of yeah, like, like the SOS Patat campaigns and, and the campaigns that are, let's say, less commercial. And she's also a little bit a link between the political world and to go to go so everything related to non-commercial messages um i think that's the easiest way to, yeah. to explain it um and who am i forgetting yes and then we've got uh, somebody who takes care of the social media and the newsletters so mm -hmm. a bit of copywriting digital marketing um that that's how belgium is structured in the bigger countries, you also have a graphic designer. Um, you sometimes have two people on B2B marketing, like for countries as France or Spain, mm -hmm. that just requires much more effort to, uh, to get the engine running. Um, on top of that, like on top of the local level, that's how we call it, we also have a global structure. So everyone is linked to um, a kind of, boss or team lead or, or however you want to say it that uh, supervises everything that's going on in, in all of the countries from a gl global level mm -hmm. to really make sure that, that all the countries are moving a little bit in the same direction mm -hmm. that if a country wants to try something else that, that global is aware so they know like okay this might be something cool that we can implement in all of the other countries as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah so um, to, ju to jump in on that, it's, um, um, it's actually alignment among countries uh -huh. and support, uh, global support. Um, but also, for example, food waste is, um, is an issue that is, of course, present in all countries, but mm -hmm. is perceived a little bit different. So you have your, your local, um, local flavor of your brand, let's say, and emphasis, where you can give direction and really connect with your society, your local national society. Mm -hmm. But of course, you're also linked and part of a global brand. And that needs also uh, 
it's important to be aligned in that in that sense as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can believe that SOS patate can be super popular in Belgium and maybe less in other countries yeah. where yeah. Yeah, not only, are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only popular, but also super relevant because Belgium is one of the exactly. world leaders in producing potatoes. Yeah, uh-huh. That is not the case in, in different in other countries, let's say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, maybe now talking about your business model, um, yeah, subscription is uh, very popular. Um, is it something that you've thought about? And do you think it's a way to boost loyalty even further at at too good to go well um to be honest uh, we didn't really think about it yet um uh, on a subscription model um so i cannot really answer that question very well i think um it's it could be something that we may try out or not um, but at the moment at this moment it doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. um on, on multiple reasons i guess but the first ones i can think of is um well we work So our system allows a lot of flexibility for our partners. Um, And that means that, uh, luckily, um, not for all partners, food waste is something that is very much um, recurring and predictable. We Mm -hmm. have partners because of um, the consumer behavior and the mindset of a consumer that are a little bit pushed, let's say, in having an offering that is 24-7 available that we definitely have, but we also have partners that work more on demand and still have food waste. So a subscription model actually requires, let's say, um, a constant flow or a consistency, which luckily in the world of food waste is not always the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's something that I now think of, that maybe a subscription model is not really suited, Um, but good question anyway, yeah. All right, so subscriptions, it won't be, but can you share a scoop with our listeners? A scoop? Um, <laughs> Projects that you're working on? Date labeling is a cool one. Date labeling is, is indeed a cool one. Wow Brands is a, yeah, is a cool ahead. one as yeah, well. Um, so um, I already talked a little bit about movement and, and the indirect impact and the fact that we want to be... Um, more than a marketplace, let's say. Mm-hmm. We want to be more than an app, um, where SOS Patat, again, is a, is a very good example of. So um, this year in, in Belgium, we're going to launch uh, Wow Brands, which is uh, short for Waste Warrior Brands, mm-hmm. um, that will organically move into our date labeling campaign. So what are the Wow Brands? It's, it's actually a coalition of companies that want to actively fight food waste together with us. Um, And it consists out of uh, three pillars. It's about um, internal engagement, like really um, bringing the message of food waste to your your employees that that are working for you um, and doing something actively uh, on on that part. Um, It's about um, external engagement, like, okay, how can you with your product and with your B2C communication do something actively towards your consumers or the people that buy your your products? And then we've got the take action part in it as well. And in the take action part, it's uh, divided into three pillars. It's a date labeling campaign, which is the biggest focus for this year. It's the marketplace. So if they want to start offering or saving meals uh, on our app. And the third one is... And now I'm completely lost. Marketplace date labeling. 
Ah, canteens. Like if they have um, canteens um, available on site that they join with their canteen so employees can save food at the canteen uh, on site uh, and the date labeling basically um, is um, I'm not sure yeah so you've got the best before and used by and the used by date thank you Franco yeah. um, but a lot of uh, people misinterpret it. That they, mm -hmm. they just take a look at, uh, at the date and like, okay, it's expired. I'm going to throw it away. For example, on pasta, there is an expiry date on pasta. But even if that date is expired, you can still use it. So we developed um, um, a kind of logo label, date mm -hmm. labeling, um, that, that we want producers to put on their uh, products. Um, so people, when checking the date, see like, okay, but before throwing this product away, you need to uh, look at it, smell at it, and taste it, yeah. uh, and then decide if you want to throw it away or not. Okay, I, I think uh. I saw that already, right? It's already live. It's, uh, it's a campaign that's live in France already. Yeah, I think Germany and Denmark uh, did it. Um, and so now, next up is, I think Austria is going to launch it in March and we're launching it in September because we have the WOW brands uh, first. Okay, well, uh, thank you, uh, Franco and Kenny, for your time. But before you go, I would like to ask you some more maybe personal questions if this is okay for sure, you yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell us a situation where you went uh, over and beyond for a customer oh, that's a nice question um, well we we have a we have kind of a challenge internally in the team as well like sometimes we we push each other and we say like hey what can we do uh, which is special for for our partners or for our users mm -hmm. Um, and uh, something that comes up is uh, last year, almost a year ago actually, uh, on Valentine, uh, we were sitting in the office and we were brainstorming or laughing a little bit. Um, and we said, hey, it's, it's, it's almost Valentine's. Can we do something special? Um, just something which is fun for ourselves, but also fun for our partners, let's say. Um, so we decided on Valentine's Day to come together with the team with the success team then, um, and to uh, write some Valentine's poems, mm -hmm. uh, very specialized to some partners. We have our office in Ghent, so in the neighborhood, in the city of Ghent, we quite have some partners. So we, we, uh, we wrote down some poems, uh, some, some love poems with, uh, with the red thread was, of course, food and food waste. Um, and we just went out and went to the stores and read it for them and gave the poem just as a thank you for saving food with us. Uh, and that was something super fun to do uh, in the team, but also gave yeah. a very special feeling and connection with our partners. Yeah, yeah indeed, a, a great team, team building activity. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another question is, how do you stay up to date about e-commerce evolution and, and trends in general? Um, well, um, I don't do a lot. I think I can lose myself quickly mm -hmm. uh, on the interwebs, uh, but something that I'm very happy um, about is a newsletter it's the hustle um it's a cool a newsletter that i su subscribed to a couple of years ago and every day you get like a cool newsletter with uh, yeah some some insights let's say in tech and innovation yeah, and it's really like the writing st style is snappy quick um with the details you want by the way have you seen that they that they've been acquired by hubspot yeah, yeah yeah yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that one. I'll be, um, yeah, checking it out. But it's a very um, general newsletter, uh -huh. but 
it emphasizes on on what happens in tech and yeah. marketing um yeah okay and uh other stuff that you're following uh well um um of all social media platforms i like twitter the most oh, um okay i really like uh following like important voices in certain sectors um and what they say of course you have also have the dark side of twitter let's say but uh, in general i really like it um and definitely you can choose of course the people you follow that's mm -hmm. how it works do you have um, some recommendations <laughs> Naval Ravikant is a very uh, interesting uh, person to follow. He has zero, he follows zero persons, but <laughs> um, uh, or one or two, whatever. Um, but he um, he himself really has a lot of uh, interesting content on the crossroads of philosophy and tech. Uh, so what is going on in the world, let's say. Um, but sometimes I have, a, I have a small strategy with my Twitter account. Sometimes if I'm very deep into a topic, mm -hmm. uh, let's say food waste, um, I follow a lot of prominent voices, uh, loud and interesting voices in that area. Uh, and then you actually have your personal feed, let's say, of, of news or people who have important topics to talk about. Um, and sometimes I do that if I'm interested in, uh, in, in different kinds of things at that mm -hmm. moment, let's say. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, and maybe now just the last question. Can you describe your... Um, best online experience as a consumer? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll, I'll go first, Franco. That's uh, fine. Um, so um, I'm, a, I'm a graphic designer uh, by, by study, or how do you say that? Like, I, I'm graduated as a graphic mm -hmm. designer who doesn't do anything in graphic design. <laughs> um, but I was looking for a long time um, a way to um, use my graphic design skills because I still have them, um, and create photo books of the, the travels that I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I really hate the fact that you need to follow these uh, predetermined templates mm -hmm. that are a little bit cheesy or a little bit tacky. So I started looking and looking, and then I encountered uh, Blurp. Um, and, and Blurp is uh, um, a website where you can upload your own InDesign files. Mm -hmm. um, so you can design it any way you want and you can choose your paper you can use the the finishing touches like do you want a hard cover a, a soft cover and okay you need to be a little bit tech savvy because of course there are a few uh, plugins that that are required to do this but i absolutely loved it and i think i'm at my uh, third book now that i ordered with them and i ordered them for my uh, travel friends as well so they all get a book um, yeah, and it's always in the same layout so I'm I'm building a little bit of a, of a catalog of my own of my travels okay and, and uh, can I use it as a non-graphic yeah, designer you can you can definitely use it they have uh, prefixed templates okay. uh, but then what is cool then as well is that you have options in terms of quality paper do you want to have satin paper do you want to have matte paper do you want to have a hard cover soft cover um, and i feel that their um, templates are a little bit more high standard than the ones that we know from everyday life yeah. let's okay. say i'll check that out then and you franco uh, well, um, I, I recently became a dad about six months ago. Um, actually, exactly six months ago mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's Friday. This Friday evening, I'm going to have a little party <laughs> with the family. Uh, but um, yeah, well, 
you become a dad, so you need a lot of stuff for the baby, of course. Uh, and there's a super cool web shop in, in Belgium. It's called Blabloom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was really positively surprised by the experience. So it's a web shop that's focused on more sustainable and ecological uh, baby products, mm-hmm. going from diapers to, to toys to um, wipes. Um, and the experience on their website is great. Um, if they send, if, if you order something, it's always super fast. Um, and it's very personalized with like a personal card, like, hey, it's your fifth order. Great that, that you're such a loyal customer. Uh, happy to have your feedback. Um, but also they have kind of uh, new stuff. So, for example, reusable diapers is something that is now becoming more and more into the picture. But it's not always easy to figure out how does this mm-hmm. work, which one do I need to order. So they also have videos that you can just, videos of one minute that you j- can just check out with all the info that you need as a young parent to, because you get lost in all those informations. Um, so that's a great, great experience that I, that I had recently, yeah. Okay, well, uh, thanks a lot, Franco and Kenny, for coming. Uh, I think we had a very interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Yeah, very happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> that was a very interesting conversation. Yeah, it was very interesting. Thanks, Stephanie. It was my pleasure. So this was the fourth episode of our e-commerce podcast series. If you would like to have a more quantitative overview of Belgian e-commerce landscape, we are glad to offer it to you, right? Yes, you can simply go to tom.eu slash ebm to download the e-commerce barometer. And it's free. That's very nice. I like free things. So that's again tom.eu slash ebm. And you can also find the link in the description of this episode. All right. Thank you for joining us, Stephanie. It was really a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And also, if you did enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This really helps us a lot. Yeah, and we love the feedback. It's the best way to help us. So thanks a lot to the reviewers, and I hope to hear you, see you, whatever, next week. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs>